Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. England versus India. The Cricket Badger Test Match Daily Podcast. Can Joe Root's England dominate on home soil? Five mouth-watering test matches. Can Virat Kohli's India conquer the final frontier? Loving to talk test cricket every day. Hello everybody, welcome along. It is, I was going to say, another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. It is the first of our England against India test match dailies. I think most of the way through the series in the winter that was in India, all of us were saying we were looking forward to the return leg in this summer in England. Probably slightly more even in terms of conditions favouring the English. It's going to be a tough task for India, but they are a very tough side promises to be a very good five test match series if you're just finding the cricket badger and you're just finding these podcasts and the fact that we do these daily ones through tournaments and through test series their kind of premise here is that we have english fans we have indian fans it's not like rah 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 england it's not rah 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 india and all of the various uh, bias that that brings try and keep it a little bit balanced because we love cricket and we talk about the cricket that's in front of us joining me on tonight's preview of the test series i'll go in anti-clockwise order knuckle panday knuckle how are you yeah delighted james really looking forward to this series and looking forward to getting stuck into it verbally and uh, beneath on my screen knuckle it's uh, our, one of our indian badges neil varani neil good to see you again Hi, James. Yeah, really looking forward to the test starting. Five test matches. A test matches is great anyway, but these are two sides that I think are going to be really... It's hard to divide them, as we'll find out maybe over the next hour. Um, and finally, in the bottom right of my screen, I don't know where I appear on his screen, but uh, it's Rob Lewis, a.k.a. Randy Caddick. He's, he's off the fort by the looks of it. How are you? Hi, James. Yeah, good to, good to be back. Yeah, I'm on UK, so very much looking forward to the uh, test series. How long have you been back in England? Uh, it's nearly nearly been two months, actually. I've been back a, a little while, yeah. So I got back, um, and after my quarantine, I went straight to the Edgebaston test against uh, New Zealand, which uh, they ran as a test event. So the Holly stand was was absolutely jumping. It was it was amazing. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, that atmosphere was your fault, was it? Um, right. Let's start off then with this uh, this series that we've got in front of us. Let's start off with England first, because England under Joe Root have been maybe just a little bit inconsistent, I think, to be polite. Start with you, Knuckle, on this one, and start with Joe Root, the England captain. I think Root's um, improved a lot as England captain over the last, oh, well, during his tenure. He's grown, he's matured, he understands the game. He's not always had the best top order to support his captaincy and give him enough runs in the field. But if we if we look at Rooty over this summer and then obviously into the winter, we don't want to mention the Ashes too much because the England-India series is big enough in itself. But he's got a big sort of 12 months of his tenure, hasn't he, coming up. If he loses both of those, he possibly doesn't survive it, does he? No, possibly not. He would become the first, I think, the first English captain to lose three Ashes series because 
generally England captains get get the high jump after a, after one or two. I actually think England have got a pretty good chance in the in the in the in Australia this winter, um, and hopefully that'll be my last Ashes mention for this podcast. But it, it is a big it is a it is a big time. It's a big time. It's a big year for this England for this England team. These England teams with uh, with this series with the. Um, and with the uh, with the T Twenty World Cup as well, so it's it started very well with with Sri Lanka, where he was absolutely magnificent, bad brilliant in that first test in in Chennai, and then as the as the conditions got got harder, he wasn't able to to back that up, and the team kind of fell apart around him. And then the New Zealand series was a little bit strange. Uh, I think England probably had a good enough team out there to win that, or to play a lot better than they did, certainly. But they were up against a team who were better than them, to to be honest. Uh, the, the New Zealand, um, even e- even playing. In the second test, uh, a team that you wouldn't necessarily have picked at the start of the series were were too good for 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 England. There, there will be a lot of people who kind of if England start this series badly are going to be starting to write sort of premature obituaries. Rob, let's bring you in there because we uh, saw you on the TV coverage. You were basically watching from the fort, watching England in Sri Lanka. Joe Root was uh, phoning you at the end of that series, wasn't he, in, in jubilation and thanking you for your support there. But how do you see this England team at the moment, Rob, in, in terms of sort of a health check on them as as we go into this Indian series? We've got like three quarters of a cell team, haven't we, really? Like we've got some absolutely fantastic players that just walk into the team whenever they're fit. I mean, it's pretty obvious where our weakness lies and that's the top order. I mean, and individually, Rory Burns, Dom Sibley, Zach Crawley. And I've seen some people wanted to get rid of all of them and have like maybe Jason Roy and James Vince opening. But uh, it, it's, it's tough because we've, we've seen them perform. We've all seen them get um, big runs. Not consistently, unfortunately. don't really know the answer. I'm, 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 I very much back whoever we play I don't really want to see any of them drop but uh, I mean I don't think Rory Burns is as we drop because he's he's the latest one that's got some runs Dom's be struggling a bit as Zach Crawley I like them they've got a good temperament do you think Rob they start the series but obviously under pressure or do you think I mean we've obviously got Hasib Hamid coming into the squad you've got Johnny Bairstow that's been called up as well could you see that change being made now, or do you think that uh, the, the current incumbents get the chance to start this series at least? Yeah, I think I think if they start if they start um, Crawley, Burns, or Sibley, they need to stick with them. If they if they start them and drop them after one game, that's 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 kind of hesitant selecting. If that's if if that's a phrase. Um, so, yeah, so if you were going to make changes, you'd make them now. Yeah, I'd ma- I'd make them at the, at the start and just and start afresh and say whoever's coming in, you've got. I mean, the whole series or three games or whatever. You, you've got if you're going to select them, you've got to back them, and you've got to back them for several tests. You can't just put them in and take them out of the first one if they don't perform because that that pressure that's that that's adding to the pressure that they're already under. And it's, we, I don't think that's fair. You've done a great job. You found your way into a doorway. Edge yourself back into that <laughs> out of the wind. We'll bring Neil back in. Obviously, from an Indian perspective, you look at this England side. Where are the dangers for India? When we look at England this summer, we obviously just talked about the top order, which is a known frailty with England. But is there anything that really sort of scares you as an Indian fan? The bowling attack, always the bowling attack in England. Um, I, I think that England, while not quite as far gone, have the same issues as Australia in that they've got two, three top quality batters, but the team has basically been held up by the bowling attack being superb, especially at home. Um, And with some of the players that we've got, I think their techniques um, are a little bit loose and they get away with some stuff, which in England you wouldn't do as much. So I'm hoping that they tightened up in the same way that Coley did in between 2014 and, and 2017. 
The, the pitches are going to have a big influence on this series, Neil, aren't they? I mean, we talked before pressing record about the fact we've had some glorious sunshine in England over the last two two weeks or so, uncustomary so. We've seen some spinning tracks in the in the white ball stuff domestically, anyway. The, both of these batting lineups give you the potential for a collapse, don't they? But also give you the the potential for a five hundred and fifty. Yeah, I, I'd actually say that I think overall India's batting lineup is probably a little bit better, but England's bowling lineup for these conditions is is definitely better. Just because I think there are fewer question marks with uh, with India. Um, pretty sure potentially coming in for Shubman Gill, who's been sent home injured. Um, he's got a very, very big gate, but also we saw when he made his debut 100 against West Indies, um, he goes very, very fast, basically plays it like an ODI. So that'll be very interesting. I unfortunately think Anderson will have his number over this, uh, this tour if he does play. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, I'm feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Knuckle, this is the first of the next round of World Test Championships. We've had the first one, New Zealand obviously taking the crown first time around and deservedly so. I was a little bit sceptical early on in the World Test Championship. I, kind of the point system and the relevance of it didn't strike me immediately, but I certainly became a fan of it over the last, I guess, eight months, year of, of the of the tournament as it, as it kind of progressed towards that final. Are you in that similar kind of boat that you see the future for it? I was on board with the concept from the very beginning. Um, I think it was absolutely necessary for, for test cricket. I would like to see it go. And this was something I said before, uh, or was thinking before the before the first uh, World Test Championship, was that it needs to go further. Uh, it needs to... Getting everyone playing everyone is difficult unless the ICC take proper control over the scheduling, which doesn't seem likely, but need more teams in it. Certainly every test playing nation, I would argue probably down to the top five or six, maybe even more associate nations have and have it over multiple divisions and and really have a, a proper promotion relegation structure for, for test cricket and then allow have, make sure that you can fund teams to the level that each series can be at least three test matches that's key isn't it because some of these two test match series and yeah especially if one gets rained off very unsatisfactory aren't they they can be i mean but teams just don't have a choice they can't new zealand lose money every time they play a they play a home test match they're not the only team where that's that's the case they used to be a test match fund there's talk of it coming back. Let's see if that's going to happen. They have changed the point system. So uh, it used to be that each series was worth 120 points, and then you divide the, the points for that depending on the number of games in the series. Now each match is worth the same number of points. So um, 12 wins, 12 points for a win, six for a tie, four for a draw, none for a loss. And the way that they'll split the teams or rank the teams is on um, percentage of points won out of total points contested. So what I was going to say, because England play the most test matches in this period, so that would be unfair unless you actually leveled it out. Yeah. So that's how they're doing it, which is why the 
previous World Test Championship final cycle rather ended um, because of COVID. I don't know whether that'll make any difference, to be honest. I think it's just a, another way of equalising it. But because, yeah, Australia... Well, England and India play way more test cricket than everybody else. A lot of people were complaining that, you know, why should a, a two test series be worth the same as a uh, as, as a five test series? It's not it's not their fault that they're playing two test series or three test series. You can't have a tournament that's decided on who gets to play the most. So, uh, yeah, I think the World Test Championship is a, is a good start and needs to go an awful lot further. Rob, are you excited by it? The fact that it's had its first incarnation, it's starting again. Is it something you can see the relevance of? Yeah, I like it. Um Obviously, it was the first time round. Like when these things happen, it's never going to go to plan. So I hope that they kind of learn. So, so um, uh, what we just said, yeah, England played the most Test matches, which is not fair because we rack up the most points, which just leans it in our favour. So I don't think that is fair at all. I agree with you that there should be at least three games per series because it's two match series. I know, like the draw is a big result in Test cricket, but it just doesn't seem right. Um, New Zealand just seems just constantly have two game series and they're the best team in the world and how's how's that fair but i like it it, um, it adds a bit so the kind of dead rubbers in test match series become valuable and it was great to have the finale but i just i just found it perplexing that two teams have flown halfway around the world to play the final like somewhere just it's, it's so uncoordinated i think they should wait and to see who is in the final and make a decision where it's kind of like halfway between them. They wanted to have it at Lords, didn't they? That was the that was the whole aim of it. They wanted to have it at Lords, at the home yeah, of cricket I, kind of thing. But COVID got that. in the way of that, didn't it? I get that, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a hippie at heart. It just seems a bit of like a lot carbon footprints are like massive here. Like, why couldn't they have just gone to Australia, say, and it would have been it would have been a lot easier on both sides. And it's not like any any other fans would complain. Like, it's like it just seems mental just to have it at Lords just because it's Lords. I don't think that's right at all. I mean, in a way, Rob, you could have the the team that finishes top of the table gets the home draw, get, you know, picks their ground and plays at home. Knuckles shaking his head there. Yeah. Come back in, Knuckle. <laughs> tell, tell us why that's bad. I don't like that idea at all. Home advantage is is not it's not as bad as it was a couple of years ago, but home advantage is a big deal. You know, look at how look at but, but if, you, if you finish top of the t- of the table, then you maybe earn that, don't you? I I would say that if you finish top of the table, why do you need another advantage? You're you're theoretically the best team or, or one of the two best teams. I like that. I like having it because you because you start the final on a level playing field, don't you? After having all the got more points during the the four year cycle. Sure, but that's that's the nature of a final. That that's um, I, I like that that one-off final. Um, I, maybe they could rotate the final around. Obviously, the scheduling of that has to uh, has to be different. You couldn't play it in Australia unless you played it in Darwin or somewhere in the in the Northern Hemisphere uh, summer. I don't think they've they've not announced a final for a venue for this uh, for this final, but I believe that they want to have it at Lords. Um, they want that showpiece and the and that history that comes with it. I think Rob, Rob's point about the carbon footprint and the and teams teams flying around all over the place and cramming as much cramming so much cricket in. You know, look at India and England's schedules are ridiculous uh, across various formats. Is is a point worth making? Um, and you know that's why New Zealand schedule those two test matches against England to to try and sort of get the most out of that out of that tour. But I I don't like the idea of in, of incentivizing or further incentivizing an already strong team uh, with the with a home with a home final. I like the idea that both teams are are playing at a, a theoretical disadvantage um, on a level playing field in terms of in terms of conditions. Rob, back to you. How, how much uh, as an England fan would it mean to you to see England go? I don't know, one, one or two better or whatever it was in the end and actually make the World Test Championship final this time. Would it be a big deal? Would it be as big as 2019 World Cup or winning the World T20? 
it certainly would to me. I'm a traditionalist. I, I, I love Test cricket. Um, uh, the other formats are great, but yeah, Test cricket is where it's at. And when we won, when we got to number one spot, 2013-15, something like that. I don't know when Andrew Strauss was captain. That was amazing when we when we, when we had the mace. It was fantastic. But that was just because we came to number one. But now that there's kind of a finale to it, when New Zealand won, I was like hugely jealous that there was that there was that end. It was a fantastic game. It was it was almost a non-result because of the weather and having the reserve day was amazing. They they need to use that. A we bit we more. should we should play four day test, shouldn't we? We should play. Oh, like, we should play. We should play six day test. <laughs> <laughs> Ten yeah, day test. It would. It would. It would be amazing. I don't think uh, we're not quite there yet. Um, but but that's where it is. Kind of you go. It's just the roller coaster. Sometimes you're good. Sometimes you're bad. But we're we're going to get there. We, if we if we sort out our little niggles, we've got plenty of talent in our squads. And uh, just yeah, we're, we're just backing the boys. It's just fantastic. And yeah, the Indian series is is it's going to going to be amazing. It's going to be a bit of a yardstick as well where we're at. The fact that this is the first game of the World Test Championship, Rob, it's a chance for England to lay down a marker here, isn't it? You know, beat India in the first game of the World Test Championship cycle. It's not a bad start. It really is. It really is. But obviously, our first two games of the Test Championship against India and Australia. So I don't like we're talking about Joe Root getting axed if we lose these series. Uh, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think do, do you think, I mean, one of the other way of looking at it, Rob, is do you think Rooty would actually want to carry on if they lost against India and then they lost against Australia? I mean, he's been captain for a while now. He's he's, he's either broken or he's on the verge of breaking the, the yeah, most he's on, captains. He's, I think he's on the verge of doing it, yeah. He's got a young family. He's got other things in his, on his on his plate, hasn't he? Whether he'd want to continue with that kind of stress that that brings to you? I, I've spoken to him once on the phone, so I've known him pretty well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I think uh, he's, a, he's a pretty headstrong fellow and he's got a very level head I think he will I think he relishes the challenge we know we've got we're not a super short if we had a if we knew our first 11 they slotted in then it then the captaincy becomes highlighted but because we have weaknesses it, there's there's some things that he can't he's not in control of but I think he's a very good captain he's, a, he's an absolute gentleman I wouldn't I would even if we lose these next two series we're coming up against two of the top four test teams in the world it's not like any it's not like I mean it's very easy there's a lot of fickle fans around but I'm not one of them it's not the end of the world we just need to learn from mistakes and keep building Neil um, as an Indian fan obviously losing to New Zealand in the World Test Championship final wasn't ideal but it shows where I mean India are a very strong side aren't they particularly at home as England proved in the winter very hard to beat on their own on, on their own soil or on their own dust um, with their own umpires no we won't go back into that um, I mean it looks like things are on course isn't it I mean Virat Kohli though coming to England has a bit to prove as well doesn't he as a, as a captain on away trips to England if he, could, if he could win the series it would be a big big thing for him It'd definitely be a, a step up, although I don't know how much he has to prove because as India captain, he's made us competitive away from home in certainly in Australia, South Africa. I'd say even though we lost 4-1 last time we were in England, then each of those matches was very, uh, very close and it could have been... Three to England, it could have possibly been three to India. I don't. Think... You'll be you'll be telling me that England didn't win the World Cup final in a minute. <laughs> Wouldn't dream of it. That's New Zealand's fault for not reading the uh, regulations. But we're competitive now. When we go away, it's not a case that we'll turn up and just be cannon fodder. Especially since 
the investment that's been made in the pace attack, which has helped us uh, at least fight every time we go. And we've won uh, in Australia the last two times we've gone there. First time, an asterisk with with Warner and Smith um, banned. But then the second time, we've had people falling over uh, injured every single match. Much like today, we were so, so close to seeing Raul Dravid's triumphant return to international cricket. Um, one more injury, and I think we'd have been there. But now we can compete, and we know that we can win abroad. Um, that mindset has changed, and I think Coley's very largely a part of that. That Australian win was huge, wasn't it? Get to go away there, to lose the first Test match, to come back with, as you say, with a, in inverted commas, a weakened side. It certainly didn't look weaker with the, uh, the sort of second string coming in there. I'd put it to you, though, that the one time the ball moved around, there were, was it 36 all out? That's weird, though, because that was in the day-night test, but it was the afternoon session. It was supposed to be the easiest time for batting. That, to me, was a freak occurrence. It was one of those uh, days where absolutely every single chance that is created, bowlers absolutely perfect. Every single edge went straight to hand. There was nothing that went in between the keeper and slip. No one dropped a single thing. Australia did things 100% perfectly, which is possibly why it was easier to bounce back because you can say, right, that's a a non-repeating phenomenon rather than saying, oh, there was this that we did wrong. There was this that we did wrong. Maybe three of those people were at fault for the shots. Otherwise, it was just Cummins and Hazelwood were just too good. That's going to be India's test though, Neil, isn't it? Where If they come up on a green seamer, if Jimmy's got it you know, on, on a string and it's moving around sideways, that's where India are going to be really tested, isn't it? And that's where we had issues um, last time. Last time, throughout the series, Kohli stood up and was head and shoulders above anyone on either team. Pajara played well, but overall, we didn't um, play well, especially when it started moving. And I, I went to one day live there, which was um, Lord's day four, where we came out to bat. The clouds moved in. It was moving all over the place. Beautiful bowling for Wokes and Broad, I think, um, and Anderson as well. And we just fell over in a heap. So hopefully people have learned from that. I mean, we saw NASA do a masterclass with Coley saying, what have you changed from 2014? And he said, yeah, my feet are pointing slightly differently. I'm standing about six feet uh, down the crease. And hopefully everyone else has uh, learned from that and has actually tailored um, their approach to being in England rather than just playing how they do in India. Um, stories that I used to hear about Sachin before he'd go to Australia or before he'd go to South Africa, getting people to um, throw the ball with that dog slinger from uh, a quarter of the way down uh, the pitch on concrete to get the extra bounce so that he was got used to having it round his ears. That's the level of uh, preparation that they should be doing. And at times, I think a lot of teams that tour don't prepare properly. They don't have those practice matches in those conditions to acclimatise and they get caught cold. We've been here for six weeks since the um, World Test Championship. At least some of that, I'd hope, has been preparing to play these conditions. You'd hope some of the six weeks would have been looking ahead to the uh, Test Series coming up. Knuckle, if you were picking the England team, they've announced this squad of 17. Obviously, Joffre Arch is not fit and Chris Wokes is not included either. Um, as I understand it, I think this is the squad for the first two test matches at the very least. How would you shape that England top order? If you had those 17 at your disposal, what would be the top sort of five in the in your batting order? 
actually a lot of the talk about the top order if if we by that we mean the openers is i think a lot of that is doomonger i think i think dom sibley and rory burns have done all right i think that was the one part of the team that worked in against new zealand dom sibley does does his job he is very good at batting for the top of his off stump and being extremely patient and letting bowlers bowl to him it's very difficult against very good attacks because you do, you have to wait even longer for those bad deliveries and for them to stray offline uh, and as was found against New Zealand and as will be found against against India I mean the standard of seam bowling in that World Test Championship final was outrageous from uh, from both teams but if you want your opener to see off the new ball Dom Sibley's very good at that Roy Burns is the best opener in England he has been for a number of years I would make a very good case for picking Hasib Hamid at number three. A guy who is in form, uh, a guy who can protect the middle order because it was the middle order that, that really did struggle once the, they weren't able to capitalise on what Burns and Sibley uh, had done. So I like Zach Crawley a lot. I think he's, he's a player with a huge amount of talent, but I would like to see Hasib Hamid picked in form at number three. So Burns, Sibley, Hamid, Root at four, uh, obviously. Stokes at five, probably Lawrence at six. We don't expect that, um, that Ollie Pope will be available for the first test. Butler at seven. Uh, and then... The bowling attack is a tricky one, actually, because you've got if you if you pick all your best bowlers, you end up with a very long tail. I would probably pick Sam Curran at number eight, if only just for a little bit of balance. Jack Leach, and, and then, also India fear him a little bit, don't they? Because he did so well last time. Neil's laughing at that. Come on, you're not laughing at Sam Curran's uh, uh, skills, Neil, are you? A lot of a lot of India fans do talk about about the Curran curse. We always get caught by the newbie, Curran, uh, Jameson. So if we haven't seen someone before, there's uh, there's absolutely no prep, and we get caught cold by them. Well, that's a chance for a debut for me and Knuckle then. <laughs> as long as you only bowl me for one over. Thanks for listening. Join us after every day of this England versus India test series. We will see you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.